Cindy's Choice is powered by integrity-centric businesses found at cindyschoice.com. It's Cindy's Choice to be brave and make a difference. Cindy here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for the next installment of the Destitute to Destiny story. And I, I appreciate you being along for this journey. Again, I'm processing. I, I get to share on radio, um, and, but I'm, I'm going deeper here. And, you know, I, I don't plan this. That's not my personality. I can't do that. And the same thing with radio. I, I, I feel like, oh, my gosh, I need to plan for the show. And, but I got over that a long time ago because I would prepare something and get, um, you know, a theme or a topic and so forth like that. But by the time I was ready to go on the air, something else had happened that day. And I had to just share what was on my heart. And so that's what I do right here with you. So uh, just hang in there with me as we continue with this. We continue peeling this onion layer by layer. But hey, so I, I took a little break there and talked about the um, psych, psychopath mother. Now I'll get back on track with the sequence. I think I, I kind of left off at my my 20s where um, I'd had this, uh, you know, managing nightclubs and feeling so empty and so lost and wanted to escape something, but I wasn't even sure what I wanted to escape. And, you know, I, I, want, I just wanted to break the cycle. And that's kind of how I fell into my marriage. I didn't realize it at the time. Um, I just remember that my, um, my ex-husband, when I first met him, it, it just, he was different. It intrigued me because he, you know, I was used to these executives, these suits, you know, these high-end, high-volume nightclubs. Uh, it was a nice crowd. And the, you know, when we're out there in East Texas and remodeling this nightclub I'd been sent out there to uh, remodel and open a nightclub and and you know manage the opening and you know the comes pull you know pulling up in a, a pickup truck and worked with his hands and you know a young guy managing a job like that and everything I was like oh wow this is different and one thing led to another and uh, we ended up together and the um you know, I think I shared this before, you know, unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. And, you know, I didn't realize any of this at the time, but you, like, what was demonstrated to me, this sounds so crazy, and it is, it is, I, you know, you, you come out of what I came out of a little crazy. And, but my good heart makes it okay. You can be a little crazy when you have a good heart. But, you know, that narcissism, that psychopath mother, that was love to me. That was the only demonstration of love or the main demonstration of love that I had. And okay, rabbit, rabbit trail coming because, you know, I remember when I was younger, very, very um, nice, you know, good guys with good futures ahead of them that would pursue me. And I didn't even know, um, how do I say this? I, I, I didn't even know how to recognize um, that 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 was more authentic and that was more sincere and that they would have better intentions. And my mind was so geared that you know, that didn't represent love to me. You know, being mistreated, the bad guy, the bad boys, that's what represented love to me. So, you know, it's 
it's no surprise that I would get attracted to this very macho West Texas misogynist type <laughs> of guy. Because in my mind, um, you know, that represented strength. I didn't know any better. I did not know any better. And so we end up together. And I, I can't remember. I might have already shared this, that we kind of stayed in the, the club business. But I was already over it at that point, like I said, I was escaping when I went out to East Texas and we ended up going back to Dallas and, um, remodeling a club and being part owners. And, and he went to work at the club and I was the general manager and, um, it was, it should have been fabulous. I mean, everybody was like, wow, you know, look at Cindy. And I had a, a, a new Mustang. It, it was the Mustang convertible at first. Now I was in the, the GT Mustang with the, um, the T-tops, is that what you call them? The T-tops? Oh, my God. I think that was the last year that they made them with the T-tops. And, I mean, we were living the life, but it just wasn't um, it just wasn't the life that we wanted to live. And the economy tanked in the 80s. So it was a good time to just hit the road and follow work. Um, my ex, you know, he remodeled nightclubs and restaurants, and he was also, um, like, an iron worker and welder and so forth like that. So that led us out to the southeast following work, which was kind of a fun adventure. I was off for an adventure, and uh, we, you know, got the 30-foot travel trailer, and uh, I pulled the welder, and he pulled the travel trailer, and we headed out east. So we, um, we had a fun kind of adventurous year. It was tough on me because I had left this life of, you know, a very professional, responsible um, person with um, – um, you know, with this great profession and this great role, which I wasn't one of those, I didn't identify with, I know that's more of a problem for men where they identify themselves with their profession. That wasn't my issue. It was just all of a sudden I had, you know, all this, something I was good at. That's what it was. I'll get there. Stay with me. Um, something I was good at, I was accomplished at. And um, all of a sudden I'm, you know, just following, um, my guy around and it, it, it got tough. We had some, there was some times that were really strained because I was bored, silly, but I do remember, you know, like we were working a job down in Florida and the, the nightclub manager that took my uh, position at the nightclub calls me like at three 30 in the morning one night. And I'm like, you know, waking up. He said, I'm sorry, Cindy, I just had to call you. We need you back here. We need you. You need to come back. Because what had happened, I was so, like, my promotions were so good. I didn't even recognize back then. I was the general manager. But my passion, my skills was in the marketing. And I had set up this um, marketing program that lasted a few months. And that was the finale night where everybody came together. And it really was a clever thing that I did. We, this was Dallas, Texas, and I had access and connections in the market. And I was able to buy, like, this full-length mink coat for $800. And uh, we, uh, we had a girl come in during, like, the happy hour time. And she could do that mannequin-type modeling on stage. And she would model that coat during happy hour. And people bought um, raffle tickets for the coat. And then there was the big night that we gave the coat away and um that was that night and he called me he said this is our best night ever you need to come back here because I had some other really successful promotional uh, things that I did too and I did miss that part of it but I just didn't didn't miss the life 
And um, so that was kind of a cool thing. But I was bored silly. I mean, maybe the first few weeks, the first month, it was nice, especially being down in Florida, you know, go, go lay out in the sun, enjoy the beach or something. But I was getting bored really fast. But the company uh, liked us and wanted us to stay with them uh, so much that they just employed me for the sake of giving me a job. They didn't even need me. And but even still, after a while, that got boring. Well, you know, it, it ended up really good because we're traveling all over the southeast and we end up on a job in Cartersville. Actually, we're helping with the, the Lever, Lever Brothers plant there in Cartersville. And my ex-husband had already been introduced to hang gliding. He kind of self-taught himself how to hang glide. Oh, my goodness. And um, so for my birthday, um, April 10th, uh, he had gotten bought me a, a hang gliding tandem flight at Lookout Mountain Flight Park in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We were in Cartersville, Georgia, which is, you know, just uh, an hour or a little long, maybe an hour south of there. Now, I, I got to backtrack really quick here. Okay, another rabbit trail. Stay with me. Because I had just, we had been together, you know, we'd been traveling about a year, so we'd been together a little over a year. I had just left him at that point. And what I did, uh, I'd left and... I went off, it was the month of March, I had left and went down to Padre Island, Texas. Now, this was a way that I was still kind of staying involved in the club industry because I had this incredible opportunity every March for the whole month of March to have a working vacation. And that's a big spring break area. And it was a very, very like prestigious thing to be employed during that month because you made a lot of money. <laughs> and so uh, I had had that status, you know, and I didn't want to give that up. And plus, it was fun. It was a working vacation. I got to hang out at the beach and go shop in Mexico and stuff like that. And then, you know, go work a five or six hour shift every evening and make a lot of money. And it, it, it was a great opportunity. But I'd actually had, I, I was kind of over all that, but I made the trip because I, we were having issues and problems and um, I was kind of starting to realize maybe we weren't the best match and I had taken off for a month and, uh, the end of that month, of course, you know how those things go. I'd gotten sweet talked back and, um, I got back and, and met him in Cartersville and, you know, next month is April. So he, uh, had planned this big trip for me for the birthday and I got my first hang gliding tandem flight and I'll never forget that. It was so incredible. I didn't even, he'd shown me pictures of hang gliding, but I really wasn't getting it. I really wasn't understanding that people would run off mountains or get towed up behind a truck and actually, you know, fly without a motor. And I was so fascinated when we got there and I'm watching these people, you know, run off the launch, run off the mountain and soar up in the air. And uh, so I got, you know, the, the little quick setup training for the tandem and ran off that mountain with that tandem instructor and got to experience this, in, you know, incredible free flight. And I so clearly remember thinking, oh, I can do this. I can do this. And I was hooked and um, I wanted to learn it. And that was pretty incredible because it wasn't long after that, that we uh, uh, not, I actually got um, involved in lessons in the the next valley north of Lookout Valley, the beautiful Sequatchie Valley, there was a hang gliding shop then at the time, and I started getting involved in lessons. But with us traveling, it was a long time 
in between lessons. And I'd never done anything like that before. I was in my like later 20s and I'd, I'd never done anything like that before. You know, I played softball and, you know, did the, like I said, the majorette and the, the cheerleading thing early on. I worked is what I did. I mainly worked our uh, pool, you know, this, the single apartments in Dallas, there was a lot of playing volleyball in the pool. <laughs> so I'd never like done anything like that. And then having a long time in between lessons, it was just really getting tough. But, you know, we, we, we're, you know, at it for months later. And then we end up in that job in um, Cartersville. And um, I get this opportunity because I'd taken the lessons over at the um, Sequatchie Valley Soaring was the school over in Dunlap. And they offer me to come and run the hang gliding shop. It was a shop, you know, for and a school and live in the loft apartment above the shop while I learned to fly. And this was across the street from launch with this incredible, you know, on top of this mountain, incredible uh, with this incredible view of this beautiful valley. And, and I was bored silly. <laughs> so yes, yes, I'll go. And uh, my ex, I don't know what else to call him. My ex um, at the time was like, yes, go, go. That's like, he was excited too. And that, what an incredible, incredible opportunity. And I, I got to, you know, it was an adventure on my own there for a while. But of course, we used that time and with some of the other local pilots to network and uh, find um, a work opportunity for my ex so that after he completed the job he was on, he could move here too. And that, that took us to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which was so awesome and introduced uh, me to um, an incredible opportunity to experience hang gliding where I've you know, had, um, geez, I'd have to look at my logbooks, but well over 100 flights. I flew cross country and all kinds of really, really cool adventures with that amazing activity. But um, like I said, I'd, I'd left him a couple of times before we got into this point. Like I was recognizing, okay, we're, we're not going to work. But I would get wooed back. And um, that's what's tough. When your heart's in it, it's hard. When you love somebody, but, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're not working, you're not right. And again, neither one of us were healthy. He wouldn't have been attracted to me if he was healthy, and I wouldn't have been attracted to him if I was emotionally healthy. So um, I decide, again, at some point, I'm starting to recognize that, you know, we're not going to be compatible. And I, I, quite honestly, I was starting to recognize you know, he, he didn't really, it really wasn't about me. He kept wooing me back because he wanted, you know, someone there, but he wasn't, you know, supportive or, or, you know, caring or, um, you know, how do you describe that kind of, um, kind of empty kind of relationship? And, so about the time I decided to leave him, we were up living, you know, on the mountain. I didn't share that I was leaving him like I'd done before because at this time I'd made up my mind I was really going. And because I thought this is, it doesn't matter how much I love him or, you know, we'd been together like it, three years at that point, uh, you know, so it, I'm like, I got to go. So I thought I'll do one more spring break. <laughs> I'll, I'll take, I could leave in March and go down to uh, spring break, and that would allow me to um, build up, you know, some money and so forth like that. But instead of coming back to Tennessee, I'd go back to Texas. 
Well, that was in uh, December, and I planned to leave in March, and in January, I got pregnant with my daughter. So I'm so thankful that that happened because I don't think I would have ever, because before him, I shared with you the cycle that I was in where I kind of ended up, you know, being drawn to him because now in hindsight, I realized I just wanted to break that cycle. I just wanted to escape what I was in. And I just don't think, you know, I think it had been a long time before I ever was able to connect and settle down. But the little connector came along and it, it really, it hit me hard. It, it, it took me for a loop, but I adjusted really quick and was just so glad to be having a baby. And of course we weren't married yet. We'd uh, gotten engaged, but it didn't really feel like an engagement. Um, and we, you know, we ended up, you know, getting married and setting roots in Chattanooga, Tennessee for the next decade. And, you know, it was your typical, um, I won't dwell on that too long. It was, it was just such an empty marriage and being a mother was the most incredible time of my life. But this was also a, um, if it wasn't bad enough to have two dysfunctional people that weren't compatible in a marriage, when, my daughter came. Um, I, I had actually, I was still, before she was born, I was still like, love my mom, did anything I could to help my mom, did anything I could to earn her love and, and support her. And when I was seven months pregnant, we actually went out to Texas and brought my mom back here uh, to Tennessee. And, you know, three months later, I'm having my baby. And as soon as I hold my baby girl in my arms, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And that moment, I kind of realized what love was. I kind of realized what a mother's love was. And it shattered. It shattered my life. Because all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I didn't take it all in. That, you know, but all of a sudden, this reality of how I'd been treated hit me. I mean, for literally, like, I'm like, what, 30 years old at this point? And I was just about 30. I think I was 29 when I had her. Um, and all of a sudden, this reality, but it, it wasn't full reality because there was a lot of confusion. But, oh, boy, did the anger come. All of a sudden, you know, I had this little baby, and I loved her so much, and it was such a good time in my life. But this hate came on. So we came over me. And we'd gone to all this trouble to bring my mother out here. And now I could not stand the sight of her. I could, I could not. All of a sudden, I couldn't deal with her. So that was a really, really, um, that was a weird, rough time. And, and then again, too, the, the marriage, you know, you know how temporarily kids help because that's the focus. But um, the marriage was pretty empty as well. But that anger, of course, led to depression. And I don't remember ever experiencing depression you know I'd had some lows or something before that but I was dealing with some and it was confusing and I think I actually discovered it by watching Oprah <laughs> that I had depression because uh she had someone on they were talking about depression and they were listing like these 10 symptoms they said if you've got like you know four or five of these maybe you've got depression I had nine of the symptoms and I thought okay wow um, and that was after I'd been dealing with the depression for a while. And, um, you know, they were encouraging you to get help and reminding you how hard it was to get help. So I started kind of trying to 
figure out, yeah, I took responsibility and started trying to figure out um, how to manage that. But when, you know, you're in a loveless marriage and, uh, oh my gosh, just everything that I was dealing with, it, it was just, um, it, it was such a hard time. I remember not even being able to look in the mirror because um, kind of like, you know what you do, like I said, mom was my example of love. So I kind of went and married a form of my mother. Um, I married a narcissist, maybe one in a, a psychopath, <laughs> but it, you know, it was definitely, um, it's someone that wasn't emotionally available and someone that like was so attracted to me when I had this, like, I was very feminine, you know, Dallas, Texas, for goodness sakes, hello, you know, big hair, big earrings, like the short skirts, you know, glammed out as this, um, you know, manager of high volume, high end nightclubs. That's who I was when he met me. That's what he air quotes, fell in love with. But um, once we were together, he just like would start tearing me down and tearing all that down. And um, it was tearing me down. And, you know, there was no intimacy in our marriage. There was, uh, you know, just criticism. And it was just so empty. And it was destroying me on top of what this revelation with my mother. And um, I, you know, I just threw everything in to my daughter at the time. And it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy how my, you know, a second child came out of that, but I'm so thankful. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God, that, um, somehow, uh, like I said, the intimacy was very rare, but, uh, we were able to, um, I was, got pregnant. Well, actually there was a miscarriage and then I did get, um, pregnant with my son. And I, I think I'll pick up there when, uh, when we get back, um, I, I, I want to go ahead and, and wrap this segment up and kind of ponder a little bit more and share with you uh, kind of what went on there and um, get to the point of, you know, how did I end up homeless, homeless and alone on the streets and able to bootstrap. When you bootstrap something, um, that means you're starting with the what resources you have at hand. When you're homeless, that isn't much. <laughs> And Cindy's Choice has been bootstrapped from that degree. And it's so amazing. And I can't wait to get to that part to share with you. So you know what I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you with love. Love. I love you. And I want you to lead with love. And seek first to understand and make good choices. Overcoming major life challenges that left Cindy homeless and alone on the city streets puts her in a unique position to make an impact. Contribute to the cause by utilizing the integrity-centric businesses found at cindyschoice.com. Thank you for being a part of our mission for change, because we can do so much more together.